A very warm welcome to the first of our October shows. I hope you're all ready and set for a, a warm greeting from us here in Capital Towers, Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore, of course, your co-host for this evening. And if you're ready to rock your Sunday socks off, we have an awful, an awfully good show coming up because in just a moment we're going to speak about the Russian Premier League, the English Premier League and Russia's World Cup qualifying chances. And of course, you know, if you can get six points out of six next two games, it'll be a very good return for Mr. Carpin. Okay, we'll have uh, Isolt and Andrew Flint on that one. Uh, in part two, we have the legend that is Derek Gray. He's going to give us the download on Bundesliga football and an awful lot more, including the Pep versus Jurgen. Well, it's no longer a feud. It is kind of a bit of a love-in at this stage. And then, of course, of course, in part three we have the big fat filthy quiz the all new and improved big fat filthy quiz okay uh folks a uh, quick sports roundup for you is to uh, get us all our appetites wet for this evening's show leo messi of course he had his first loss at psg they lost at ren uh, so you know it's kind of it's shortened mauricio pochettino's stay there by one more week real madrid they also lost for the first time this season 2-1 uh, at espanol that is of course barcelona's b team Bayern Munich lost at home for the first time since 2019 to the Mighty Eagles. Yes, Eintracht Frankfurt beat them 2-1 today. In cycling, in the hell of the north, as it's known, the Paris-Roubaix race, the, uh, let's just say, uh, a test dodger, Lizzie Dignan, she took the first ever women's race yesterday, which was, it was unbelievable how she just motored away to the win. And in today's race, Italy's Sonny Colbrelli, he won, and you know, it was actually a terrific race, Guys covered in mud, absolutely wrecked, totally wrecked. But uh, it was nice to watch and to see. Okay, um, I am delighted, really, really delighted to have in the studio with me right now. Before I give a bit of a further roundup, Mr. Andrew Flint. Andrew, welcome to Moscow. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. And for once, for once, uh, I'm not having to use Skype all the way from Siberia. So exactly, there you go. So it's a, it's a windmill all around. Okay, uh, Isol is going to join us in just one moment. Before uh, we do, we have a quick look at this weekend's Russian Premier League. It was not a great weekend for um, some of the uh, Moscow sides. Dinamo going down 1-0 yesterday to Kriya Sovetov. Siska uh, drawing in a, in a real like battle of big guns. A lot of shots on goal, but um, nothing going into the goals. That ended 0-0 with Krasnodar yesterday. Uh, Zenit, they lost to Sochi at home 2-1, so they lost their reserve team. Lokomotiv also lost 2-1 to Rostov, and Spartak won 1-0 away in Grozny at Ahmad. So as it stands, the Russian Premier League table with 10 matches played. Uh, Zenit are still top on 23, but that loss um, <laughs> the top teams all seem to lose. Uh, so Zenit on 23 Dinamo on 19 in second place. Then down in fourth, Lokomotiv, they're on 17. Siska, okay, they're creeping up a little bit and of course Spartak leapt up quite a bit. So it's Siska on 17 points in six and Spartak on seven points in seven, or sorry, 16 points in seventh. Uh, Himki not going well at the moment. They are down rock bottom. They drew um, yesterday, yeah, yeah, yesterday evening. They drew nil nil in Tula with Arsenal. Okay, uh, quickly looking ahead um, to the World Cup qualifiers, Andrew Flint. Um, Russia have it all to do. I mean, they've got two decent. Uh, let's just say they, they've they've got an awful lot to do. They have they have two uh, one home game. One well, basically a home game, if you can call it that, uh, outside of Moscow. Um, they're playing Slovakia, of course, this Friday, nine forty-five kickoff. Uh, that won't be an easy one. No, it certainly won't be. I mean, Slovakia and Slovenia were the two teams that I actually picked out as the, the troublemakers in this group because we know that Croatia have a stronger side. That goes without saying. But um, 
Slovakia have, uh, they have a lot of experience, and that's what slightly worries me. Um, the Russian squad has got a few younger players that are coming in. It's good to see them. Um, we just saw Arsene Adamov called up. Um, he probably won't feature a lot, but he's a very, very young, versatile player who's played every minute in the Russian Premier League this season. But that's not the sort of player you would pin your hopes on holding out to experienced European side like Slovakia. But Russia get a win there, and suddenly I'd say they are in firm control. But oh, okay, no, because I mean it is. I mean we we will be covering that, of course, uh, here on uh, Capital FM, and of course we'll be speaking about then next Sunday the tournament. But I mean the, the group is very finely poised because you've got um, you know both Croatia and Russia are on thirteen points uh, going into this. Croatia have a, a not an easy one away to Cyprus, although I think Cyprus are a beaten docket. But Croatia they might just trip themselves up a little bit. Well, we did pick out Cyprus as a another. A potential banana skin for different reasons. They they're not they're not expected to win, but that's what makes them slightly dangerous. And they have they've got real potential. Um, I think uh, that is Russia's possibly big hope to catch Croatia before that all important last game, which I'm still feeling very nervous about. I realistically I think it will come down to the last game for Russia against Croatia. Yeah. Um, so if they can if they can slip up, if Cyprus can do us a favour, that would be wonderful. It'd be very very handy. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Then next Monday, October the 11th, uh, Russia are away in Slovenia, but we'll cover that, of course, next Sunday. Okay, going to bring uh, Isil Kodian, who is recovering from a wedding party. Um, less said about that, the better, because I saw her, uh, her activity with her dogs basically taking over and not obeying her. Um, Isil, welcome to the show. How's the head? I, I am a vision today. I feel fantastic. I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better as a result of Spurs finally getting a win. But that, if that's the highlight of my day, I think that says it all, really. <laughs> now, uh, staying on that, of course, Man City coming back twice from behind at Anfield to draw 2 2 in what has been deemed a thriller for our ages. Um, you know, it's funny. Nuno, he said that uh, Spurs are now unstoppable. Is he a bit uh, hyperbolic about that or just talking hyperbolically? <laughs> In essence, I think you've got it in one there. Um, I think it was very important to have a win, but we also have to factor in, as you've just discussed, with the international break coming up. So there's no momentum from this win. It just stops the rush. And I suppose it's a 2-1 victory. It could have been a 3-1 victory quite comfortably, I think. Um, They had a good few other opportunities, but it's a 2-1 victory against Aston Villa and it's something they needed. Um, obviously during the week there was discussions about the supporters club looking for talks with the chairman um, about Nuno and I think that's very premature but I think they needed a win today in the same way that any team coming off a run of losses needed a win just to stabilise the ship for now. Do you think it would be a premature ejection to get rid of Nuno at this stage? <laughs> I'm like a child today laughing away at how, <laughs> how everything is being phrased. Um, I'm, I'm, I I'm just, I'm asking you questions. That's pure, all. Pure innocence. <laughs> pure innocence. It's like, is it premature to be I certainly do, because I think we put up with Jose, and I know Jose's reputation went before him, but I think you have to give a manager an opportunity. He also has started the season with a man who clearly didn't want to be there, obviously, Harry Kane. And I think it's going to take time. It would, to my mind, be too soon to dismiss him. 
Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, also, of course, West Ham uh, going down to one to Brentford. The surprise packages this season, uh, who, of course, put three goals past Liverpool. Uh, Leicester drawing 2-2 at uh, Crystal Palace as well. Crystal Palace holding their own this year in the English Premier League. Man United, of course, drawing 1-1 with everything yesterday. Um, Andrew, that, that, was, that wasn't a surprise. Everything are looking quite decent under Rafa Benitez. Well... He he's a he's a fantastic manager. He he gets a lot of stick um, from tribal stick rather than actual analysis. He knows how to set up his side. And when he brought in Andros Townsend, who scored their goal, um, I thought that was actually one of the most sensible signings I've seen in a long time because he's a proven Premier League performer. He's not a he's not a star name, but he can make a difference. Um, Manchester United looked desperately flat again. Um, Solskjaer is, uh, he doesn't have a plan B. I've said this so many times. He can't break down sides that are well-organised, well-drilled, and defend in a, in a decent way. Um, I worry, really. Um, Jaden Sancho, I think, when he comes good, and I think there's no point jumping on the bandwagon yet. He's adapting, and I've got plenty of time for him. He's a brilliant player. He beat his man a few times, and that, he started to look more like the Sancho we paid a lot of money for. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the only answer. I think Solskjaer needs to wake up pretty soon. Okay, so Isol, you're figuring that um, rather than being premature, Ollie needs a blue pill maybe to pep him up? I think we've we've seen Ali play every trick he has. We've seen his hand. We know how he manages. And I think Andrew hit the nail on the head. There isn't ever a plan B. Whenever he makes changes, they're not quick enough and they're not effective. Yeah. So I think this stage, Man United are Man United. They're a global brand. They can't continue with, you know, for the sake of fond memories of Ole as a player, keeping him there. And I just think that ship now needs to, you know. Yeah. No, no, I, I mean, I, I do understand where you come from because he has been given a time. Uh, he has an awful lot of talent at his disposal, but he doesn't seem, if not capable... I, I think one of the worst things they could have done was bring back Cristiano Ronaldo. That's I, I, everything is about Cristiano Ronaldo, who is now Ronaldo. He's not like mm-hmm. there's the like he is now just Ronaldo. So which is like kind of a, it just seems like he's taken over the whole narrative. Like to use a very you know, kind of newsy phrase. I, I think um, I think the character of Solskjaer is that he was never going to be the dominant personality in that, and very few people in the world would be when Cristiano Ronaldo comes along. The one thing I would say about Solskjaer is. Everybody, everybody who is an anti-Manchester United fan jumps on the bandwagon of get out Solskjaer out, he's rubbish. But he did a job that was an unusual job. He, he helped us recover from the drudgery of Mourinho. And that had to happen. And actually, I think he was the right appointment, but I think there's a limited time span now. Um, Isil, I yeah, go on here, Isil. I do agree with that, but to an extent, I think, like, I don't necessarily want to see Man United succeed. <laughs> I say that as a, as a non-Man United fan. But the reason I think Ole needs to go is, you're very right, I think he was the only person you could get in who would actually be given a long enough opportunity to change yeah. the tactics after Mourinho because of that loyalty to him. But I, I just, I find watching Man United games difficult at the best of times but they're just not enjoyable to watch a game like yesterday is just poor yeah okay. and they're best go ahead Isles. I, I just that they're they're a better team than that and i think i i would prefer to see man united as a team playing well and not just you know obviously man united and cristiano okay because that's what 
Yeah, it is. It is my. It is the Cristiano Ronaldo circus. So, okay. Um, looking ahead, well, let's have a little look at the World Cup qualifiers for Europe. I mean, uh, all over the world, there's some very, very interesting ones. Japan are hanging on by their fingernails to to uh, their World Cup hopes. Uh, so are Saudi Arabia as well. But um, looking at it overall, guys, uh, Italy, France, Belgium, and Denmark—they just need a win and they're through. Uh, so Italy, France, Belgium, Denmark, England, Germany and Portugal, Portugal, of course, in the Irish group, are looking very, very good. The other groups are, you know, kind of, well, not or not clear and not sort of, you know, uh, dodgy at the same time. Um, looking ahead of some of the games this week, Esau, I just want to ask you about a couple of them. Um, because uh, Azerbaijan and Ireland, that is on Saturday, okay, 7 o'clock Moscow time. That is, uh, you know, just... The, the whole context around Ireland is that Stephen Kenny, um, a massively successful coach of Dundalk, uh, he's also a very good coach with Longford Town, he was a great coach with the Irish 21s, did a decent job in Dunfermline, was absolutely destroyed at Shamrock Rovers, the Irish kind of like, you know, the, the glamour boys. Um, but for Ireland, he just doesn't seem to have any look It's either players uh, declaring for England, players being injured, or players with COVID, um, or like you know, last second heartbreak as you saw against Portugal. Um, could this be the turning point um, for Stephen Kenny? We've had no turning point so far. I hate using the word that is a turning point, but like Ireland have had no real fortune so far under Stephen Kenny. Can Saturday be the day? I would like to think so, and I think the big thing for us is we know our limitations, and I think there's a lot of public support wanting to see a manager who has done so well domestically, do well on that stage. And to be honest, I think the the big thing for us is to give a good performance and hopefully get a win. It doesn't matter the shape of it. It's just to see a victory for him because I think it'll silence his critics. It's not going to advance Ireland anywhere in terms of... Um, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's respectability. It's respectability. I, yeah. I'm, I'm missing that. Now, of course, um, Scotland are doing quite well yet again. Uh, they are in second place in Group F. They are seven points. They're not going to win the group because Denmark are top. 22 goals for none against. Six <laughs> wins. They're absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. But Scotland are hanging in there. Um, they haven't raised their kills yet uh, in defeat. Uh, they are playing Israel who are, of course, in, uh, they're just well, one point behind them. Uh, Andrew, that's, if, if Scotland get a win there, they should be into at least a chance of a, of, of a, of a playoff position to qualify for Qatar. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think um, yeah, a, a win against Israel, that has got to be the key for them of their remaining fixtures, for, for fairly obvious reasons, but also for the confidence boost as much as anything else. Um, one thing you sort of mentioned about Spurs earlier, about the international break breaking up the momentum, it's a totally different ball game with international football, of course, but the beginning of the international break, that could be seriously important because if they take the heat off themselves going into the last round, the last group of qualifiers that they have to play, then they can be, they can be in control. That is, that's the key game for them. And I think, I think they have a very good chance. OK. Um, England are playing Andorra, so they're going, that's three points done in that. England will qualify once they, they win the next two games. Um, Isil, Switzerland and Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland are in good shape. They're in good shape. Uh, they are three points behind Switzerland. So they still, you know, they, they can overtake them by at least holding them on this front, mm-hmm. this game. Um, how confident would you be for Northern Ireland to, to get, you know, get three points aboard in that one? Uh, I, to be honest, I'd probably go with a draw, but they're in a group where Italy are topping the group, so we know how that's going to go. But Switzerland are the team they need to beat. Like 
I think it's um, Lithuania and Bulgaria being the other two. So, you know, Switzerland, uh, that's their target. This is the match that they have to target everything at. So let's hope they can do that. Um, obviously, if they can overcome Switzerland, they're not going to be beating Italy anytime soon. But again, it's a, it's it's their biggest game of the group, as oh. far as I can uh, no, that's true. Okay, another one that's interesting, of course, is Finland-Ukraine. Uh, that is on Saturday, 7 o'clock our time. Uh, that is a battle for second place behind France, even though Finland have a game in hand over Ukraine. They have to play Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, it's a very, very tight group because you've got France top on 12. They've qualified, basically. Uh, they're unbeaten, three wins, three draws. Ukraine, Finland, both on five points. And Bosnia and Kazakhstan, it's a very tough group, both on three points. Uh, Andrew, uh, that would be an interesting one to watch because Finland have shown they're no mugs. Uh, but Ukraine are also, you know, coming off a decent run at the, at the Euros. Yeah, um, I mean, with um, with Ukraine's uh, with Ukraine's performance in in club football, there's a lot of uncertainty around which players are in form. But uh, they are always a very dangerous qualifier. I think um, I think basically, if they can just edge to the top of that ridiculously tight group behind France, then. Um, They've got every chance. I mean, it's, a, it's an extraordinary record. Five draws out of five games. Um, they will rue those missed opportunities if they don't um, make the most of it. I think, I think they will be my favourites to go through. Yeah, of course, there is the question about the, the game with Kazakhstan, uh, that, that, that game that, that was played, where Kazakhstan, you know, they, you know it, it was a draw uh, with Ukraine, a 2-2 draw. But the guy who scored both goals, Ruslan uh, Valiulin, uh, could be gone for uh, doping. So I mean that's that's that, that that game could be taken away from Kazakhstan to boost Ukraine up, but let's let's wait and see. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that's all we have for the moment. Uh, Isa, we'll be back with you, of course, in the big fat filthy quiz. So you make a cup of tea and get ready for us. Uh, Andrew, of course, is staying here with us. We're going to get to the break right now. We're going to come back with Derek Ray, uh, the legend of uh, the Bundesliga. We're going to go out with a song that, well, I guess it's how we all feel right now because it's cold as October. Um, but we aren't killers, but this is human. So this is Human by the Killers, back after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I did my best to notice When the call came down the line Up to the platform of surrender I was brought but I was kind And sometimes I get nervous When I see an open door Close your eyes, clear your heart Cut the cord, are we human? Or are we dancers? My sign is vital Are we human? Or are we? 
Now remember, to grow sales, brand awareness and grab your target audience, you need a great brand ambassador. Match Business Consulting represents the brightest stars in Russian sport who will shine around the world for your business. Okay, folks, uh, of course, this is segment two when we always have a superstar on with us. Of course, Andrew Flint is here with us in the studio, so he is uh, enough of a superstar for us. But we already know who he is. He's tried and trusted. We know he's, he's the best of the best of the best. Again, quick rundown of those results today. Of course, Spartak winning 1-0 in Grozny. A 2-1 loss for Loco at home where Andrew Flint was. <laughs> when he, he dashed into the studio just before you off. And a good thing, Oral winning 1-0 in Bashkortostan against uh, Ufa. So that's why they are no longer bottom feeders. They're actually in 12th place with just that one win. There you go. It is tight at the bottom. Okay. Right now, we're going to go all the way. I, well, we're going to go all the way to where he is because he's nowhere and everywhere and overall. He is the voice of the Bundesliga for ESPN. Of course, the greatest sports network in the world. Sorry, it is the greatest sports network in the world. I love it. He also covers La Liga for them. He is a voice of EA Sports. Yes, EA Sports is in the game. Yeah, the FIFA franchise. That is him. It is Derek Ray. Derek, a very warm welcome to your Russian debut here with us on Kappa Sports. Hello, Alan. Thank you for that very kind introduction. It's nice to be on with you. And it has been a very busy Sunday getting ready for the international break now for those of us who cover the club game pretty much exclusively week in, week out. But yeah, good to be on with you. Um, listen, Derek, today I want to start straight off with, with one. I'm going to ask you one today. Uh, Bayern losing at home for the first time since yeah. 2019. Now, I interacted with my team. I used to work with them. I, uh-huh. I really love the side. I worked with them about 
21 years ago, 22 years mm. ago. So there you go. So yeah. <laughs> I am looking my age. That's why I'm on radio. Um, so, <laughs> so, Derek, how much of a shock was that for you today? A big shock because Eintracht Frankfurt have, on the one hand, played quite well against Bayern in home games, but less so at the Allianz Arena going back over a couple of decades, really. And, you know, I think most people went into that game feeling that Bayern would win and win well. They've been playing brilliant football under Julian Nagelsmann. And Oliver Glasner still waiting for that sort of breakout performance from his team. Glasner in his first season in charge of the Eintracht. But they did it. And, yeah, they you know had to ride their luck at times, as you do against Bayern in every game. Kevin Trapp, the goalkeeper, played a blinder, one of his best-ever performances, a couple of very memorable saves. And then they got a classy goal from Philip Kostic near the end to win it. So nobody really was predicting that that would happen. But I always say, you know, people look at league tables and they think that Bayern have an easy ride in the Bundesliga. And, yes, they've won nine titles in a row. But... They don't go into every game having an easy ride, and they don't just turn up and win. And people like Robert Lewandowski, you know, they have a commitment to excellence. And sometimes it just doesn't happen, and sometimes you get outdone and outthought by the opposition, and that's really what happens here. That's exactly because every, like, I mean, I remember even the, in the late 90s, for example, when I was there working in Germany, mm. working with, yeah. in, in you know, German football, um, there was always that kind of up and down. You see some of the sides, some of the clubs that could actually put it up. I mean, Eintracht put it up to, to, to Bayern on a fairly regular basis, I mean. Yeah. And there were other very, very clubs who would sort of like burst into life like Kaiser Slautern um, or, you know, it could be you know, Borussia Dortmund or it could be Haasvau yeah. or something like that. But at the same time, what is it about Bayern? I mean, I mean I'm in all seriousness, what is it about Bayern that actually pushes them forward each and every season? It's not just... It's not just the off-the-pitch work. It's something within the DNA of the club. Yeah, I think it's deep-seated with Bayern. And I think a lot of it is down to the structure of the club. And, of course, it's well-documented that it's former players who are put in positions of power. Now, that doesn't always work. It's not a guarantee that that'll work. But it certainly works with Bayern. And, you know, Uli Hoeneß is a polarizing figure. He's no longer in the position of power. It's an honorary position where he's concerned now. But you've got to give him a lot of credit for what he did over a number of decades with Bayern. Likewise, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge. And now the torch has been passed to Oliver Kahn, another Bayern great of the, well, for those of us of a certain age, fairly recent past. If you're young, then you won't remember Oliver Kahn as a goalkeeper and what a, a fine goalkeeper he was for Bayern and for Germany. But I think they are a step ahead. I think, obviously, they have the fan base as well, not just in Bavaria, but all up and down Germany. You'll see this every week in normal times in Germany. You'll see buses traveling to the Allianz Arena to watch Bayern from the north, from the east, from the west, from the center of the country. It doesn't much matter, and from around the world, for that matter, too. So... I think it is something that's gone back over a number of years. You're right. I mean, I started watching German football in the late 70s and early 80s as a young kid. And at that time, it wasn't always Bayern. There were other teams in the mix. And it was usually Hamburg and Köln and maybe Stuttgart uh, and Gladbach, of course. They had their period in the 70s as well. So... This idea that it's only Bayern really comes mostly from outside. And again, I don't blame younger people for thinking that because they've grown up in this era of Bayern winning nine titles in a row. But 
you know, if you think about recent seasons, Dortmund have had a couple of times when they have run them very close indeed. We have Leipzig as part of the equation. They're off to a slower start this season. A very good Leverkusen team in this particular campaign who are now level on points with Bayern. In fact, if you look at the table, Dortmund just a point behind those two, Bayern and Bayer Leverkusen and Freiburg up there as well. So it has a lot more than just this one club, but we do have to give them credit because they plan very efficiently. They plan for the future. They are a team that commands respect and they can sign players who are at the peak of their powers. That's generally what happens. You go to Bayern as a German footballer when you're in your mid-twenties and ready to really shine. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it, they have the finance as well. And one thing that you know that you did mention, you did mention it, you touched on mm. it, and and which I think is it makes them stand apart from all the football, even Borussia Dortmund, with the kind of the, as being the hipsters club or San Paulo, of course, yeah. a real hipsters club. Um, they have stability, and they have this money-making machine, yeah. and it's stability because if you look at Frankfurt, Frankfurt is a far, far richer city. Berlin is the capital of Germany. Cologne has huge money around the place. Mm-hmm. Hamburg has always been very, very rich as well. But okay, Cologne, you've got you know Köln, you've got Dusseldorf, you've got a whole you mm-hmm. know Nordrhein-Westfalen area. Yeah. But Bayern utilize everything and I think it's more than a football club I always found a lot of Irish lads who play getting football and, or GAA in Munich or they're living there yeah. it's like a religion it's a religion yeah. and, and it's passed down from you know, generation to generation and nobody even I, I had friends in, when I lived in, in Hesse uh, Frankfurt they were coming from the north but they were all Bayern fans from childhood because there was you know and it wasn't that yeah. Bayern were great at that stage so um, Derek, I'm just going to step Back a little bit. Okay. Now, you mentioned, like, as a, as, as a wee boy in Scotland, yeah. uh, you know, with a fascination of German football. What got you started? Because, I mean, Scottish yeah. football itself is massively rich. Okay, national team, they, they have this, like, you know, tragic, you know, um, a very, like, uh, let's just say, uh, Gaelic kind of way of, like, you know, warrior poets going out and sort of, like, pride and defeat. But the yeah. football clubs, like, you know, Rangers, Glasgow Celtic, you know, Aberdeen, Hibs, they've mm-hmm. always been very, very strong. So why, you know, German football? Well, it was Scottish football as well. I'm from Aberdeen. You mentioned them <laughs> there. And I happened to grow up during that amazing period under a guy called Alex Ferguson. I've often wondered <laughs> what happened to him in the, in the years after. Only, down, only downhill from after, after Aberdeen. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Yeah, but, you know, he won the European Trophy, 83, with Aberdeen, the Cup Winners' Cup, beating Real Madrid in the final, and beating Bayern in the quarterfinal. So, to answer your question about the interest in German football, it went prior to that. It really started prior to that, with the 74 World Cup in West Germany, as it was when we had the two Germanys. I was a young boy. I fell in love with that World Cup, and I sort of fell in love with the idea of Germany and wanted to know a lot more about it. And then I started learning the language at school and found that I had a bit of an aptitude for it, and it came fairly naturally to me. So if you think about this, a young lad who loves football um, is starting to speak German, is looking to follow more German football. I found that in Aberdeen, we were in luck, because if you can imagine where Aberdeen is on the map, we've got the North Sea, which would lead you straight to Hamburg. And I was able to pick up the radio channels from northern Germany, oh. specifically NDR from, uh, from Hamburg, and sometimes Radio Bremen as well, but mostly NDR. And that would mean I could listen to the Bundesliga Konferenzschaltung, to use the word that was used back then. Basically, a, a, a conference on the radio switching from game to game. And 
So I had all these sort of pictures in my mind. I wasn't watching German football at that time, but I was listening to it. And then as I got older, I started going to Germany uh, and was there as an exchange student. And then when I was about 18, 19 as a language assistant, actually also in Hessen, you mentioned your background in Hessen. I was in a different part of Hessen over near the East German border, right on the East German border in a small place called Wildeck, Wildeck Hörnebach. Oh. Which uh, is, nobody knows it, but it's right, um, nowadays, you know, if you're looking on the map, if you can find Eisenach, which yes. is East Germany, or was yeah. in East Germany, yeah. and find Bad Hersfeld, or yeah. Bebra, or Kassel. Yes, uh, Ka in, yes, yeah. In the West, Kassel you'll know. Cause I, was in Mar I was in Marburg, Anderlan. I was in Marburg. So there you go. Yes, so Marburg also, <laughs> yeah. So you know, the, you, you know the terrain. And, um, you know, there wasn't much to do in, in, in Wildeck, but I got to know you know, Germany, and I got to understand this sort of mentality of having a fence right next to where you live, because we were right on the border. You could see the East German guards, you know, looking in uh, from their watchtowers, and it just sort of all added to my fascination with, with all things German, and it was at that point that I began going to games, and the first game I ever went to in the Bundesliga was actually at the Frankfurter Waldstadion oh, in 1985, gorgeous. and it was Eintracht against Bayer 05 Uerdingen, who were oh. back then um, a very good Bundesliga team with players like Matthias Herget and Friedhelm Funkel, who's now known as one of the legendary coaches in German football. And that was my first game, but I sort of fell in love with Hessen Kassel, who were the local second division team and pushing strongly for promotion, would go to their games. And so that's how it sort of kicked on even more. And I continued to listen on the radio, and then I began to have access, as I became a professional broadcaster, I began to have access more to video and would subscribe to Kicker magazine, which in those I days would behind get you. To, I see it behind you. Yeah, you can see it behind me, and <laughs> I still have a real fondness. Nowadays, I can get it online digitally, but back then it was, you know, something that was sent by mail and it would arrive a few days late and you would sort of devour it four or five days <laughs> later than you should and you'd be a bit behind, but you still would have all the information. So it's been a big part of my life. It remains a big part of my life. Actually, it's, it's a much bigger part now because for the last few years, I've been one of the voices of the Bundesliga World Feed in English, which means that if you're hearing the Bundesliga around the world with English commentary. It's you. Chances are it's, well, it's either me or one of my colleagues from the, <laughs> the AFL World Feed. And I also do games exclusively for ESPN and the USA Bundesliga games. So when they do a special match just for their network, then I'm the commentator on that. And I also write a weekly column for ESPN.com on the Bundesliga. So it's something that uh, accompanies me in my daily life. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm missing Germany at the moment because obviously the pandemic has changed a lot of that. But with home studios and we're talking <laughs> yeah. on that basis right now, you know, the world has changed a bit. And I like to think sometimes that necessity is the mother of invention. That's true. I mean, OK, we, we, we don't have long left. So I know Andrew has a, a yeah. question because it was Andrew who actually got you, you on the show. So yes, thanks, Andrew. For that. So Andrew, uh, over to you for a question for Derek. Derek, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and Derek, one thing I've been fascinated, following you on Twitter when you do your back garden Bundesliga and mm. you, you give us a, a, a two-minute insight each time, I notice how much attention to detail you pay to the pronunciation of player yes. names. And I, I, I've, I find it essential. I can't understand how anybody would not appreciate the attention to detail. Do you find any resistance to the amount of authenticity that you put into the pronunciation of names? Does it, does it bother you at all when you find people complaining about it? I find it it's strange, but I was interested in your view. 
I do get complaints. I think in this world that we live in, we get complaints about anything that we do. <laughs> I think if you if you choose to go on social media and you're on a, a fairly high profile position at all, then you will get complaints. Not everybody is going to like what you do, and I think sure. you have to recognize that going in. But I always find that for all the complaints, I get more people who say what you just said, that they appreciate that attention to detail and the respect. And, and that's where I come from on this. I think it's a matter of respect. Mm -hmm. You know, Alan knows this too as somebody who's, who's lived in Germany. You know, I speak fluent German. Why should I be ashamed of that? You know, why should I dumb that fact down? Exactly. Which a lot of people seem to want me to do. They seem to want me to say, well, you know, it's rubbing our noses in it that you can say a name properly and you can say your oohs and your oohs <laughs> and your <laughs> and your errs yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, my attitude is, no, I'm, I'm actually proud of that and, and I want to reflect the, the real sound of the names, of the clubs, of the cities. Um, you know, just as I get great pride when I hear somebody who spent time in my home city, Aberdeen, saying Aberdeen, you know, the way I might say it, you know, rather than some sort of approximation. <laughs> so mm. it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I realize there are some people who are never going to like that, but I have found that for the most part, it's been an advantage and, you know, I, it does help me tell the story. Um, so when I do the back garden Bundesliga feature and thank you for mentioning that something that I just oh, sort of came up fantastic. with fantastic no it's, I thought it was yeah. it's terrific it's great it's great to uh, watch sorry. just before we let you go because uh, we yeah. literally we're, we're over time now but still I'm, I'm delighted to have you yeah. on um, Derek one final question uh, in the, the Bundesliga still is producing great players is producing great yeah. teams producing great performances of course the, the German national team is you know, kind of like in transition at the moment um, mm. where do you rank the Bundesliga within the European league system? Where would it be? It, it is top five, but where would it be in the top five? I think if you're judging it in terms of the quality from top to bottom, it's probably not as good as the Premier League. It shouldn't be. It doesn't have as much money as the Premier League, but it's not trying to be the Premier League either. Uh, it possibly is comparable to Serie A in Italy at the moment in terms of the actual level. But it's a bit like, you know, ice cream. What flavor of ice cream do you like? You know, we could ask 10 different people and you might get 10 different answers. So what I like about the Bundesliga is it's authentic. It's true to its roots. It's about young players getting a chance. It's about football as it's meant to be, as we like to say, fans inside the venues largest crowds in normal times you know hopefully we'll be back to that again largest crowds larger than anywhere else and it's about passion you know so i think it so it, it wins when it comes to all those ingredients put together if you're just looking for the richest league you know watch the premier league it's great um but there are other options available to us as well and i also cover la liga which is a, a league i very much enjoy it has its own feel and culture similarly Serie A. And Liga in France, I would say, doesn't quite have the same fascinating culture, but it has its merits as well. Derek Gray, on that, thank you so, so much for your time this evening. Um, I'd love to have you back on again whenever you have time because you're absolutely fascinating and someone who's a, you know, a, a lover of German football and what it involves. And I think what you said was the, the crowds, the passion, the energy, yeah. what, how they do it, the formality of it, and also the absolute beautiful free spirit. Uh, I thank you so much for joining us this evening.
Oh, thank you for having me, guys. Pleasure. Pleasure's Pleasure. all mine. Thank you. Okay. Okay. That was Derek Ray, um, the legend of German Bundesliga, not just as well, of course, the voice of the German Bundesliga on the ESPN feed. Well, actually, the feed around the world. So, as you said, if you hear it, if you hear an English voice, it's most likely him. And it's a lovely Scottish lilt from up on the Bridge of Dawn, up on the River Dawn. It should be him. Uh, okay, so folks, that segment was brought to you by Match Business Consulting, Consultancy, representing the brightest stars in Russian sport. Find your deal, brand ambassador, on match-business.com. And we'll go to the break right now with fun, and we will carry on the fun with the Big Five Filthy Quiz in the next segment. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. To the sound of silence, the cars were cutting like knives in a fist fight. And I found you with a bottle of wine, your head in the curtains, and heart like the 4th of July. You swore and said, We are not, we are not shining stars. This I know, I never said we are. Though I've never been through hell like that I've closed enough windows to know you can never look back If you're lost in a bone Or you're sinking like a stone Carry on May your past be the sound Of your feet upon the ground Carry on Carry on, carry on
лучшее завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey. From the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Вспомни, как долго ты выбираешь фильм или сериал. Время выбирать прошло. Наступило время смотреть. Легкий поиск и продвинутая система рекомендаций. Иви быстро и точно подберут фильм, который вам точно понравится. Иви. Скорее к истории. Реклама 18+. Welcome back, folks. I hope you enjoyed our little musical interlude. Uh, we're, we're still trying to get Andy Mack on the uh, call but for this uh, quiz, but unfortunately, he, he is unreachable at the moment. But we will get him. Uh, Peter P is with us. Oh, he's actually online. Lovely. Okay, Peter P, very, very quickly, you have a minute to round up NFL for us. So unmute yourself and give us the good or bad news. Peter P, unmute yourself. All right, okay. Peter P has missed his moment of glory, so he is gone. Uh, Peter P, can you unmute yourself, or do I have to unmute you? I, I don't. I, it just seems like he's on a bit of a gag at the moment. Uh, no, he is not there. Okay, so we are going to have our Big Five Filthy quiz. Uh, of course, uh, no, Peter, we can't hear anything. He's just messages right now. We can't hear you, Peter. Uh, okay, uh, so let me see. Peter, can you try again? Peter P, can you hear us? Yeah, I can. Ah, oh, there can. you go. Nice one. Very, very good. Okay, there you go. Peter, quick, you have one minute, less than one minute to round up the NFL for us. So away you go, quick. All right, all right. So uh so then the the the, the top three teams, the unbeatable teams right now, as of week four are Arizona Cardinals, uh, Carolina Panthers, and Denver Broncos with uh three wins and zero losses. And of course on the bitter end we have uh Jacksonville Jaguars. New York Giants and New York Jets, both of them, those three have zero wins and uh, like three or four losses. Oh, and, like I want to. Yeah, go on. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just want to. I just want to uh, shine a spotlight on your favorite team because you're always mentioned Brady and the and the <laughs> um, uh, the Buccaneers. Yeah. 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 So um, right now Brady is uh, not the best uh qb as of week four again he's behind Derek carr of the raiders and uh, i also want to say uh, i also want to give a shout out to uh, bobby wagner the beast from the west from the seahawks he he has he's uh he has like 44 tackles which is like insane nobody's game past that guy and of course i i want to i want to also shine a spotlight on uh cooper cup from the Rams with uh, like 360 yards, I think, and, and five touchdowns. Okay. Yeah he's, he's, yeah, he's kind of a big deal right now. Okay, very, very good. Thank you very much, Peter P, for that uh, quick round. Of course, the games are going on right now. Of course, as uh, the big showdown, the Cardinals and the Rams, is kicking off just after we go off the air at five minutes past 11. Okay, so welcome back from the Canadian wilderness is Alex B. But we're going to start off. Andrew, uh, Andrew Flint is here in the studio. He's starting off. Alex B, you're there with us? Alex B. 
Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> good, okay. I then, am in the Canadian wilderness. <laughs> Very good. Andy Mack, God knows what wilderness he's in. <laughs> you don't want to know. Okay. Uh, Peter P is there with us and of course Eastold Cody is back with us. Okay, remember folks, very, very quickly, okay, just a reminder because we start off to the top of the show, plus 795-1111053, hashtag hockey to win two tickets to this Thursday's Dynamo CSK Moscow KHL showdown. Okay, so starting off right away, this is our musical interlude, okay, so, so you'll get a few seconds of a song. So Andrew, this one is first of all for you. So you have to tell us the name of the song and the movie it is for. Rome. Okay, what movie is it from, and what is the name of the song? That one, that one is Rocky. Okay, that is correct. Okay, right. I'll give it to you, Rocky. Well, okay, so Rocky, five points, and the name of the song? Uh, I'm crying out loud. <laughs> oh, me that. Oh, do stop cackling, you. Um, <laughs> cackling? Okay, Isolt, what is it? Oh. It's Eye of the Tiger. No! <laughs> I think, no, 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 no. That's exactly it. I stopped myself no. from, I stopped myself no. from fucking up. It's going to fly now. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Gonna fly I'm sorry, Esau. I didn't quite hear you. What was, what was that <laughs> chuckle there? Esau, Esau, you let your... I went you, to bed at 6pm. Right, listen, you said your head was all right, so no, no excuses for you. No. Oh, I, I went to right. bed after a night with Andy Max, so <laughs> I don't think you've got an excuse there. Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, Alex B, <laughs> this is for uh, you. I know you'll know what this one is, right? Okay, the name of the song and the name of the movie, Alex B. Hmm. You know this movie. Uh, it's one of your favourite movies from childhood. It's one of my favourite <laughs> movies from childhood. Huh. Damien. Could it be um, Deliverance? <laughs> yeah, very good. All right, what is, is it? Is, quick? That the, is that the banjo song from the Deliverance? No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, that's actually my best guess because I couldn't tell you. Space Jam. Space Jam, no God amazing. damn it! Oh, I oh, I picked it for you especially. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's one of my least favorite movies. <laughs> All right, that's, that's the one that I hate with a passion. <laughs> All right, here we go, Andy Mack for you. Okay, you tell me the name of the song and the movie. Okay, Andy Mack, the name of the song, name of the movie. Um, that broke up on me a few times. I'm going to go for, um, um, oh, I don't know, Jaws, right? Jo <laughs> it's a sports movie. No, it's a slap shot. <laughs> slap shot. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know I don't watch those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right back. Okay, there's something right back. Okay, next, of course, is Peter P. Peter P., uh, you should know this one, okay? It's all about you. Uh, excuse me for that one. I didn't mean that to sneak in from the movie. Right, the name of the song, the name of the movie, Peter P. Uh, I, all right, I barely heard the song, so you know what? I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I guess it's some, I guess it's like Aerosmith, right? No, no, it's the Trogs. But go on, go on, uh, quick. It, all right, I, I guess I'll go with, I guess it's uh, uh, The Goon. No, no, no. But what's the name of the song? Do you know it? I have no idea. I barely heard it. Wild thing, wild thing. From Major League. Well, okay. I was going to say the person. My, my favorite song. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, Easel Cody, this is for you, okay? So you should know this one, okay? Okay. Okay, the name of the song, name of the movie. I don't have a clue. If it's not Rock the Boat, I won't recognize it. <laughs> okay. It's called You're the Best Around. Okay, so I'll give you the name of the song. So what's the name of the movie? You're the Best Around. Uh, would it be that very popular Rocky 2? No. Uh, Alex B. Peter P. You're the Best Around. The song. Okay, we'll wax off on that one. That is actually Karate Kid. Okay, Karate Kid. So, Easel gets done. So, the only person on points is Andrew Flint has five points. Okay, right. On very quickly to the missing word round. Very, very quickly. Okay, uh, Andrew Flint. My players aren't afraid of what, says Klopp. Spiders. <laughs> okay, I'm giving you three for that. Needles, needles. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's what he said. Oh, God, he didn't really. He did, yeah, for vaccinations, yeah. He said, oh, okay. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, uh, Alex B., this is about Steve Bruce, okay? So, as Newcastle's winless run goes on, Steve Bruce is what? He's the coaching team. Steve you're, Bruce is furious. what? Furious. Do you know what? You're getting five points for that. It's upset, but he should be furious. Very, very good. Okay. Uh, Andy Mack, for you, okay? Dignan, this is Lizzie Dignan yesterday, okay? What were more draining than expected? What were more draining than expected? She won the Hell of the North yesterday. Scientology lessons. <laughs> five points for that. Well done. No, it is cobbles, cobbles, cobbles. There you go. Uh, all right, Peter P. Okay. Um, Bob Marley's love affair with what? Bob Marley's love affair with what? With pretty much half of the population. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting six points for that. It's actually Glasgow Celtic Football Club. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> All right. Iselt. Sheriff, what, Real? Sheriff, what, Real? Um, it could be shock. It could be, but it's not. It's gone down, but I'll give you three points anyway. So <laughs> I'm being generous this evening. Right, Hi. very quickly. Odd one out, okay? You have to tell me which odd one out and why, okay? So here we go. This is all about the World Cup, okay? So, Andrew Flint. St. Petersburg, Paris, Rome. St. Petersburg, Paris, Rome. Which odd one out and why? Uh, St. Petersburg, because it's not hosted a final. Oh, well done. Ten points for you. Well done. Well done. You're on finishing up on 18. Well done. Okay, uh, next up, Alex B. This one's a good one for you. Hungary, Czechoslovakia, or Sweden? Hungary, Czechoslovakia, or Sweden? The odd one out, and why? Sweden's the odd one out. Yes, why, why, why? Mm. I, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> listen, it's Fantastic. because <laughs> they only lost... Geographic reason, <laughs> Geographically, yeah. it's actually great, but it's like they only lost one World Cup final, the two lost two. Okay, good points, you end up on 10 points. Okay, you're in second place already, out on your own in silver. Okay, uh, Andy Mack, the Wankoff, the Wembley, Wankdorf, Wembley, mm. and the uh, Azteca. <laughs> you had to ask him that one, didn't you? <laughs> I know, so the Wankdorf... Wembley or Azteca? Mankdorf is a real stadium, by the way. All right, or was? Um, <laughs> Quick, which is the odd one out? I, 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 Wembley. No. It's the Azteca. Why is that uh, the odd one out? Um, the only one that isn't actually in, inside the territory of the capital city. 
No, but that's a very good answer. It's a bit too intelligent for our show, Andy. You know that. Uh, it was the only one. <laughs> that, it's the only one that has hosted two World Cup finals. Okay, uh, next one, Peter P. Nineteen ninety, nineteen seventy eight, or two thousand and fourteen. Which is the odd one out, and why? These are World Cup finals. Uh, this, this, uh, this second. The second one, nineteen seventy eight. No. <laughs> All right. So it's nineteen ninety. Why is that the odd one out? Uh, I don't know. Uh, a bad year, I guess. <laughs> I'm giving you a point. I'm giving you a point. Okay, it is because it was the only one that was won within 90 minutes, but in regular time, okay? 1-0 to West Germany. Okay, finally, Isol Cody. Soccer City, Luzhniki, or the Stadio Olimpico? So, Soccer City, Luzhniki, or Stadio Olimpico? I'm going to go with Stadio... No, I'm going to go with Luzhniki. Are you sure? You're sticking with that? Yeah, I'm sticking with it. Okay, well, you should have gone with the Olympico. But why is Olympico the odd one out? Well, I felt the other, t- I thought that it should have been my logic was the others have two words, apparently. Oh. So I don't know why it's the odd one out. It's because it's the smallest. It only has 73,000 capacity, whereas Luzhniki has 78 and Soccer City <laughs> 84. That's not really about it being, like, that means it isn't the odd, it it's isn't a the venue. odd one out. It's it's a a, it is the odd one out. It's a smaller one. It's the oddest one. It's the smallest one. So it's a small, it's that's odd. Small, that's not, the other two just, they don't have the same amount of seats. Wait, so hold on. Is, is Nala small, smaller than her brother? Yes? That doesn't make her the odd one out. It makes her the small one. But is she odd? <laughs> is she odd? <laughs> is she well, odd? She is odd. Yes. yes, there you go. There you go. Case closed. Okay. <laughs> Your honour has ruled in my favour. Right. The winner tonight, Andrew, who's here in situ on 18 points. Alex B, a mighty return with 10 points. Andy Mack, well, he struggled into fourth place uh, with no motor in his bike on five points. Peter P in third on bronze medal on seven. Andy Cody. Well, she got the wooden spoon with three points. So, folks, we'll speak with you next week. Thank you all very, very much. Have a great week, OK? Andrew Vince, thank you very much for joining us in the studio. Absolute pleasure. You'll be back next week? I will indeed. On yes. time? Uh, just about. <laughs> OK, very good. OK, folks, we are going to go out uh, to a new week, OK? Because remember, in five minutes, the uh, Cardinals and Rams NFL game is kicking off. But, folks, uh, one quick thing. COVID cases are rising in Moscow. They're rising in Russia as well. Um, take care of yourselves right now, OK? Uh, be careful. Wear masks in public, you know, be careful. Doesn't matter if you've been you know, vaccinated like myself or if you've had COVID like myself, take care of yourselves, okay? So we're going to go out right now um, with that public, <laughs> public service warning or announcement and we're going to say have a lovely week, have an explosive week. This is Tau Cruise with Dynamite. I'm Alan Moore, back with you next Sunday on Capital Sports. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I came to dance, 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 dance I hit the floor cause that's my plans, 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 plans I'm wearing all my favorite brands, 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 brands